Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. You know, I mean, I've always been a runner and stuff, and uh, football, it translates to track really, really well, and, you know, I just try and use track as much as I can whenever I'm in my receiver stance, just pushing out like I'm in blocks and stuff, and, you know, just have big, long strides whenever I'm in open field, and then, you know, kind of chop it down a little bit whenever it's a little bit closer, but um, in the 100, my freshman year, I ran 10-8, and that was my fastest time. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go in the shell. We won't go in attack mode. Because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. Just went viral. Right stroke, put a baby in a spiral. Soprano C, we like to keep it on the high note. It's levels to it, you and I know. Tell them be humble. One hour down, two hours to go. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you as always for making us a part of your afternoon. This afternoon, it's been a great wide open Wednesday today. So we'll have some Razorback Fall Camp updates to get to. Got to hear from Kenny Guyton, the wide receiver coach, as well as Andrew Armstrong and Isaiah Satania. Talk to them about what they felt in the fall camp because we're five practices down already. So really coming along as uh, we're getting ready to the football season, 24 days away for Razorback football. So pretty exciting times. And I always think about the number Kobe. we think of. Kobe, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> From the from the from that side, in fact, in all the sports, like that's the only twenty four. That's the twenty four that stands out for sure, hundred percent. And then if you're talking about Arkansas, I don't really have many of those except for like Samuel Jabutu. Like he's like the only twenty four that I can think of that really stands out. I'm sure, there's another one that I'm probably missing out on or forgetting. That's a unique number for a linebacker too. Yeah, yeah, because usually you see them in the thirties or even sometimes in the forties. But nowadays with college football, you, you're seeing defensive linemen now with single-digit numbers uh, in there in, in college, so throwing it all over the place. That's cool but, if they're playmakers. Oh, if yeah. If they're making plays and they're wearing a single-digit number, they're going to stand out. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can wear that because Arkansas is going to have a few of those this year. I think uh, uh, Jeff Coat, the transfer from Missouri, is a single-digit number. I want to say also Torian Green is a single-digit number, so going to have a few of those, which is fine, which is fine. But, yeah, it's, it's hard to keep up with it. But, yeah, 24 days, three and a half weeks until Razorback football starts up. And uh, football, as we know it, is going to be having some preseason games this week and even some college football here in just a couple of weeks. So we'll talk about that, and I'm sure a lot more, as we go to the phone lines and welcome in our guy, Pat Bradley. Thanks to Motorsports Authority each and every Wednesday. And, BB, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. What's uh What's the word, fellas? What is the word? Well, today's been, we've been talking a lot about Johnny Manziel, if you can believe it, because of the Netflix documentary that came out last night. Yeah, the um, good timing on it, right? It was, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I know it's on, uh, you watch it anytime you want, so uh, I'll probably nestle up and watch that. I always was a big Johnny Manziel fan, man. Always, he was easy to root for, um, yeah, you know, for a variety of reasons. And actually, didn't he go duck hunting with Basil and Roger Scott? He did, and R.J. Hawk, yeah, wow. and Stuttgart. And, uh, yeah, that's right. They said he was a great, you know, just great kid. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a special time in, in, in college athletics. Wait, I, I need more of the story. Like, I didn't know this. Like, what? How did that come about? Going duck hunting? You know, Stuttgart is the duck yeah. capital of the world, and there are a lot of people that come in to go duck hunting there. And and Manziel was one of those that came in to duck hunt in Stuttgart. Okay, I, didn't, I thought maybe it was like just them three or four guys getting together. Well, with they Manziel, they so, did okay. get a chance to spend some time with him. Okay, okay. I didn't know yeah. that story. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it was. It was yeah. Obviously, Stuttgart is like, you know, what is it? 
wouldn't say the world, Joe. I mean, they're oh, in yeah. the country. And, yeah, he's got Texas. You know, obviously, he's a Texas kid. He's got a lot of ties to the state. So, one way or another. Um, and it's the Baz and, and Scat Daddy Scott. I mean, come on. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't anybody want to spend time with those fellas? Now, I don't know if I would do it when they're both holding rifles. Hmm. But I would like to hang out with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a great time. But, yeah, PB, make sure you take some time out to see that because uh, it's, it's an easy watch, it's a quick watch, and it's, uh, it's really entertaining. Yeah, no, I'm sure it is. I'm not, I, from what I was reading, and I saw an interview with uh, one of the producers talking about how he was pretty, pretty open about everything that was going on and, um, you know, just his challenges and kind of a, seems like a unique even family story, really. Uh, but yeah, man, he, um, you know, he was, it, it's, it's unfortunate. Did, did they address, cause he was, did he get in trouble for like selling his autograph where now obviously he probably <laughs> could have been making millions of dollars if he was, if he was playing now, if he was playing today, <laughs> kind of wild when you think about it. Yeah, it's, and that's what I think also made it so fascinating is if he played 10 years later, essentially, it wouldn't even be a thing. It wouldn't even be a story. It wouldn't be a discussion. Well, right. it would just be just he's, he's a guy. Who, but it also makes you wonder, man, if it was that much more like going that way, you know, would he have gotten to the point where he won the Heisman at A&M? Like if people start coming to him, be like, hey, you transfer here, we'll, we'll get you even yeah. more money. Because, you know, he was very driven by that. Not saying he would do it, but it would be interesting to see if he got enticed to go to some other school that maybe put forth uh, a lot more in the NIL opportunities. Yeah. Oh, we we do know though. Texas A&M's got D. Oh yeah. Talkers of all that, all their alumni and um, all the oil money. So, what what was his best year? What 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 was Texas A&M's best year when he was there? Eleven and two is, is what they end up going with the bowl victory. Okay, so it was it was. You know, I guess there there maybe would have been a chance for a team to lure him away. I suppose. Um, more money or, or you know that shut up the national championship but I think they had a couple of good years where I mean you if, you can beat Alabama you can beat anybody let's, let's be honest so PB at the you height know, of everything they, he was uh, hanging out with LeBron Drake yeah. and so his celebrity <laughs> really took off and so uh, even though times have changed as far as the transfer portal and moving around just the height of his existence he could have done whatever he wanted to where he was, and so there may not have been a big need yeah. for it. Right, yeah. And, and yeah, there was no shortage of attention that he was getting and, and opportunities that he was getting. It was just, uh, like I said, I didn't see the documentary, so I'm sure they go into detail, but it just seemed to me from the outside looking in, it was a, a moment in time where, you know, you, we've had, Superstar college football players and basketball players, but I think it was, his time sort of collided with how communications are and how it was a lot of access to him. Plenty of people had access to him, so um, you know I think that was a unique time where it seems now. Hopefully, college athletes are understanding how to deal with that, whether it's criticisms on social media or just flat out being criticized because of the business of college athletics. And it seems like he was sort of coming along when those two worlds were colliding, which I'm sure would put a lot of pressure on him. I know he's dealt with a lot of, um, you know, a lot of outside stuff too. Yeah. I just, uh, PB going back to your point about that A&M team. Uh, I didn't realize it. They lost two games that season. Their first one was the first game of the season. They lost against Florida by three points, mm. and then their next game they lost to LSU by five points. So those were their two losses, wow. and both of those games were at home in Kyle Field. So uh, you're talking about just uh, trying to do math here, eight points away from being an undefeated team and maybe even playing for a title. So I didn't realize that they were that level of good, but that's certainly what they were that we were flirting with at that point in time. Yeah, and I, I do remember thinking of how good he was on the road, and then and and. I don't think that stuff kind of stood out to me, and that makes sense. Those, two, those you tell them those two losses were at home, right? That's right. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I remember having some of those 
spectacular games on the road. Obviously, some at home too. But um, that's that would have been that would have been. Um, now, what year was that? Who won it? Ten what was that ten and eleven? No, that was twenty twelve. Yeah. Alabama actually ended up winning the title, even though they lost A and M that year. If you can believe it. Hmm. I was looking at the last twenty college football national champions and potentially if you include Florida State who knows they may flirt with the SEC Clemson may be flirting with the SEC it would all be every single one would be um, SEC schools except Ohio State and USC one year they shared it in 03 and I think they won it in 02 is that right? Yeah. <laughs> But that it's just amazing crazy. to think conference realignment, <clears throat> you know, if I think, I don't know if it's going to happen, but it just seems like FSU and Clemson seem like always names that come up, obviously, because, you know, being proximity with the self, um, it's just, it's just wild when you look at that domination, um, that could be the SEC, if, especially if those two teams come in, because obviously they've got, but one with FSU and what's Clemson? Two or three? How many do they have under D Dabble? They got two championships. Yeah. So, and outside of that, you know, Auburn, Alabama, um, Florida, LSU, and that wraps it up, boys. <laughs> <laughs> the one advantage now, that I, the ACC would have, though, is they're locked into these TV contracts for about yeah. the next 13 years <laughs> or they have you know wow. the schools locked into certain deals for the next 13 years and so they would have to pay so much money to the conference to get out and that doesn't mean they can't get out but mm. they would have to go through a lot more of a process of trying to get out than some of this movement that we've seen lately and i, I would imagine the acc if you're I think I did see something about this where, like, you know, viewership for for the games. I mean, Clemson and FSU have to be far and away the most watched of ACC football teams, right? Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine, you know. I mean, I know Virginia Tech, people want to act like, you want to act like, you know what I mean? There's <laughs> something going on there. But, um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure the ACC is like, yes. Yeah, over our dead conference body, are we going to make it easy for you to leave? We're speaking with Pat Bradley here on the hotline, thanks to Motorsports Authority. Well, PB, speaking of conference realignment, it's all about football. We know it is. That's the moneymaker. But just from uh, the basketball side of things, too, how, how do you feel about it? Like, Are you okay with it? Do you think it matters? Are you excited to see where some of these teams are going to be and maybe some more of the, the basketball games that we could even see from that? Just What's your feeling on knowing that there's going to be so much difference in these conferences just in a year or two? Yeah, I don't... You know, I think basketball, obviously, is different because the number of games, uh, you know, there's more games so that you can fit more people if you're somebody who uh, likes the regional rivalry. Um, So I don't necessarily... I can't really see how it could affect basketball. It's just a much different... I mean, you got 68 teams that are going to get into the tournament, maybe more at some point. Who knows? We may get to even a higher number on that. You get the first four. So it's just such a different model. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a lot easier, obviously, to travel with 15, you know, 15 players or whatever it is and schedule games um, where it's much more difficult with football. So... I think, you know, basketball is very uh, flexible, if you will, I think, than, than most other sports because it's it's one of the few sports that, you know, makes a good amount of money um, so they can sustain themselves. And you know, like I said, the, you, you, you're dealing with less players, more games to where you, you can, um, you know, still include some of those games that you know, I'm not, I always talk about I like the regional, you know, the regional games because it's a built-in sort of hatred of the other program. But um, you know, you can still do that in hoops. You can definitely still do that in hoops. And, and you know, again, basketball is fortunate because 
it's gotten to a place where it's it's under one umbrella essentially, right? You get you get the committee who come up with a their formula. You got three hundred and fifty. I don't know how many Division One basketball teams there are right now, but this grown. I mean, there may be three hundred and sixty Division One basketball teams now. I may be off by a couple, but um, you know they're all under the same sort of roof in a, in a sense. So that I think that just that helps. I mean, everybody knows it's important to well, getting into the tournament, just get in that tournament. Um, but I, I don't. With all that being said, I still think it's important to keep the regional stuff or try to schedule as many of those for us as many of those non-conference Power Five games as you can. And I think that will help continue to keep the regular season exciting for fans. Well, think about how some of these conferences are set up for basketball now with Big Ten, UCLA, USC, Oregon. The Big 12 is picking up Arizona and Arizona State. So they've, yeah. they've become stronger from a basketball sense, more so than football. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's a good point. And I think UCLA, well, USC, you know, they've had, they had a top five recruiting class. And obviously, the Big Ten is, you know, arguably always up there with with competing for the best conference. So I, I guess, you know, looking at the Big Twelve, that was the conference that was able to to really luck out and keep everything together. So I don't know who it's, it's going to be interesting what happens too, because if down the road the top football programs decide to do their own thing. Because obviously, the NCAA has nothing to do with college football really anymore, but they do run the NCAA tournament still. Um, I wonder how how things would change if if you would ever have a situation where, um, you know, football was on its own, and basketball just made their own conference schedules. <laughs> it's a lot, or, or you know what I mean? That, that is that was a discussion we had before. It's like if you had. I don't know. Let's just say, I mean, Duke is in obviously the ACC, but they're a basketball school. But I mean, Duke could be a Notre Dame. Just go ahead and schedule whoever they want. Kansas. So, you know, I think they won't do that because, uh, you know, they got good ties within their conferences. Um, so, but I wonder if, if you know, obviously the, the bigger football schools decide to do their own thing, if that would change anything on the basketball end. Well, PB, I know it's uh, you know been a few years since you played, but one thing I've seen so many athletes or even student athletes talk about are travel and and how difficult that's going to be. And you know, a lot of these sports groups in football, it's on Saturdays normally. Even baseball, softball, you're talking about weekend series. But basketball, you got a game on a Tuesday, and then you got a game on a Saturday or a Wednesday. It's it, it's pretty spread out. But how much do you think traveling is going to be impacted to the student athletes? Is it maybe something that's a little overblown, or is there going to be legitimate concern for schoolwork or just sleep schedules, mental health, whatever it is, for the amount of travel that they'll have to do across country? I don't think I don't think it'll I don't think it'll matter because um, you know it's funny I've always said like I love staying in hotels. You don't have to clean. You 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 just walk downstairs and you grab a bite to eat. You go back up. Somebody makes your bed for you. And um, so travel is pretty fun. And you get per diem. And I mean, nobody really wants to go to class, and especially now with online. <laughs> what could be better? Like you tell me. You're living like a professional athlete if you're on the road more now. I, I, you know, with with the bigger schools who charter, you know, they're going to play a seven p.m. game, and and fly home after the game. I'm going to say, coach wants to stay, but you know, with the, with the kind of travel it is, most of them want to get back. And again, you get back, they get back two in the morning, three in the morning, which we bet it happened to us a few times. The disadvantage we had was we had to go to class in the morning. We didn't, we couldn't just flip up our laptop. And, and do it that way. So, I think there's a lot of good things in place for college athletes to 
to be able to deal with with all all those uh, issues. I mean, it's it's college athletics has never been in a in a better position in terms of taking care of college athletes. It's just it's just never has. You know, it's what um, the resources and that are afforded are second to none. I mean, and people can criticize. I get it. Like, there's so many things, schools, NCAA, blah, 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 coaches can do. But you can't deny, you look back 40 years ago and you look at it now, I mean, you, you can't deny that it's in a better, better place, better position for the athlete. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how much money is coming in and how that goes towards travel. I think it'll be okay too. It's just a matter of adjusting, just like we've always done with with college athletics. But uh, it, it's coming, and I think people are just gonna have to be ready for it. And Pat, uh, I know we're up against it, man. But before we let you go, just uh, give a shout out to the fine folks of Motorsports Authority. SMAstore.com. Um, excuse me, I was SMA. You want to know where I get that? I wonder. Single media, yeah. media of Arkansas. <laughs> why I always say that. It's MSA Store, Motorsports Authority, Motorsports Authority, msastore.com. They've got tons of inventory if you want accessories for your truck, for your vehicle. You can check them out online. They've got plenty, plenty to choose from over there. Fantastic locations, Hot Springs, Conway, Sherwood, Russellville, you name it. All right, PB. We'll have a great weekend, man. All right, boys. See you, PB. All right, see you guys. I appreciate it. Again, that was Pat Bradley joining us. Thanks to Motorsports Authority. Going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have more Wide Open Wednesday. Want to hear from you? Call or text in 501-661-1037. We'll have some other stories and headlines to get to and give you a little bit of fall camp update with the Razorback football team all coming up next here on Out of Bounds. Join Kevin McPherson, Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, each Friday on Drive Time Sports. Brought to you by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. This is SportsCenter. Arkansas football fall camp continued yesterday. It was the wide receiver's turn to speak to the media. Wide receiver coach Kenny Gotten talked about what he's seeing from the defensive backs and wide receivers. These DBs right now, I mean, it, it is it is iron sharp and iron. We're going to work in everything we do. I mean, first thing we do is start group work. I mean, we're doing two-on-two, one-on-ones, half-line pads, and, I mean, you just feel it. It gets the competitive nature just turns up right away, and guys are going at it. You know, and it's not about a bunch of talking either. It's just guys going to work. God's getting better. Arkansas will get their first day off of fall camp today. They'll return to action tomorrow. And the Arkansas Travelers lost to the Midland Rockhounds 16-4 last night. They'll be back at it again at 6.30. Coverage can be heard on 106.7 Buzz 2. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Hunter's Refuge in Whitehall, celebrating 25 years in business with a massive anniversary sale, now through Saturday. Save up to 75% store-wide. Many items slash to only $25, including items from Columbia, Drake, North Face, Ugg, Birkenstock, Browning, Bandit, and more. Register in-store to win over $20,000 in giveaways. Hunter's Refuge, celebrating 25 years in business. Online at huntersrefuge.com. Sale in Saturday. Brought to you in part by Columbia. What's good, y'all? Clint Sterner here for Low T Center. Fellas, when it comes to health, every man should know his testosterone number. What's that mean? It's simple. You need to schedule an appointment at Low T Center immediately. It's quick. It's easy. Hell, it's only $25. Walk in, take a simple blood test, get the results in about 25 minutes. So, if you're feeling tired and grumpy, sensing a lack of motivation and drive, dealing with high cholesterol, noticing stubborn weight gain and loss of muscle mass, it's on you, fellas. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Stacked Commercial Truck and Trailer has five service trucks available, providing you on-site service to get you back on the road. If that doesn't do it, Stacked has a new state-of-the-art 13-bay shop for service and repair on all Class A trucks, trailers, RVs, light and medium-duty commercial vehicles, tires, brakes, AC, engine repair, transmissions, differentials, and driveline repair. Stacked Commercial Truck and Trailer Repair. Get stacked two miles off 530 exit 34 in Whitehall. 
After I drop the kids off, I have to run across town for a meeting, hit the gym during lunch, Jake has soccer tonight, and Emily has... Gymnastics? Oh, did I turn on the Crock-Pot this morning? <laughs> With a never-ending to-do list, it's easy to forget something important like setting up a life insurance plan with Shelter Insurance. Your local shelter agent can show you how to create a safety net for your family. Shelter Life Insurance Company, Columbia, Missouri. See Gary Elmore in Lone Oak, Justin Stewart in Malvern, or Drew Self in Hot Springs. This is Pat Bradley for Brewskies. Brewskies is the spot for lunch downtown. Burgers, wings, sandwiches, loaded fries, and healthy options like wraps and salads. Prepared from scratch daily and made hot and fresh to order. Happy hour starts at 11 a.m. and those drink specials go with everything on the menu. Brewskies, you're home for lunch, happy hour, and late night. It's Whiskey Wednesdays at Brewskies and Poker Night. Two games nightly, first game at 7 p.m., cash prizes and whiskey specials all day. Whiskey Wednesday and Poker Night, Wednesday at Brewskies. From sales, service, parts, and rental equipment, River Valley Tractor does it all and does it right. Your leading Kubota dealer is right around the corner with five locations throughout Central Arkansas. River Valley Tractor, serving Central Arkansas and Bryant, Sherwood, Conway, Russellville, and Pine Bluff. Work smarter this year, not harder, with River Valley Tractor. Online at rivervalleytractor.com. River Valley Tractor, closer than you think. Make it the event that everyone wants to attend by getting your meat for tailgates, parties, or just family get-togethers at Hogs Meat Market. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Point of parliamentary procedure. Don't screw around. They're serious this time. Take it easy. I'm in free law, man. Thought you pre-med. What's the difference? On 103.7 The Buzz. <laughs> Bet Saracen is Arkansas's favorite sports betting app. Bet Saracen is as close as your cell phone. Just go to the App Store and download the Bet Saracen app or go to betsaracen.com. MLB, golf, MMA, boxing, those are just some of the sports that you can wager on at Bet Saracen. Get great in game prop bets and specials. Women's World Cup, the winner, the odds on winning the Women's World Cup. England leads the way at plus 240, Spain plus 350. France and Japan are both plus 500. Get NFL preseason lines, so there's some games within the next couple of days, tomorrow and Friday. Going through the weekend, you can get all those odds. College football and NFL Week 1 odds and futures. You can get it all on Bet Saracen. A-State taking on Oklahoma. A-State is plus 33.5, and, and the over-under is 60.5. And then Arkansas taking on Western Carolina. Arkansas, minus 34.5. So those are plenty of the odds that you can wager on on Bet Saracen, but there are plenty more. So go to the Bet Saracen app and look through it and see what fits your needs. For the most accurate and up-to-date sports wagering info, you need to be on the Bet Saracen app. It's simple. Just go to the App Store and download the Bet Saracen app or go to betsaracen.com. Be sure to check out the video of How to Play featuring Jancy Sheets. It's so Wide Open Wednesday here on Out of Bounds. We'll have some uh, fall camp updates and talk about what some of the wide receivers had to say for the Razorbacks. As they're off today. No practice today. So uh, not going to have a chance to meet with any coaches or players. But uh, I did just see this come across the timeline. This is really uh, perfectly done because we're going to have Billy Lucci on from Texags to talk about the Johnny Manziel documentary, but uh, also give us an update on this particular thing because the 12th Man Foundation which is the NIL Foundation, the collective, if you will, for the Texas A&M Aggies, which, which we know they've, they've done pretty, pretty well in the NIL and some of the money that has been going towards that. They, they just got the law passed, though, where it makes it legal for them to do that. Mm-hmm. They were behind the times on it, but state of Texas got it passed. But they're having now to discontinue the 12th Man Fund in wake of an IRS memo that has been sent says, on June 9th, IRS released a generic legal advice memorandum providing specific guidelines for nonprofit organizations that engage with student-athletes on their name, image, and likeness. And the operation of the 12th Man Fund is impacted by this new guidance. Following a consultation with external advisors, the 12th Man Foundation is altering its approach to NIL, which includes discontinuing the fund. This decision was made to ensure the 12th Man Foundation meets its high standards to, for compliance and to protect the organization's mission. This decision does not prevent the 12th Man Foundation from supporting NIL opportunities or anything. 
As part of it has been alternate in its approach, the organization's plans to support NIL opportunities for student-athletes for the Aggies by expanding its marketing and outreach and unrestricted annual fund contributions. Supporters who have contributed to the 12th Man will be contacted directly by the 12th Man Foundation staff with their options, including ways to redirect their contribution and continue investing in the student-athlete experience. That so. sounds like how they just personally want to go about it. because. Yeah. With the IRS, that would have an effect on many more schools other than just Texas A&M. Yeah, because it's, it's one of the weird things that's going on with not only just college sports in general, but looking at it from the legal side and the law side, it, it's an ever-ongoing thing. That's why there needs to be uniformity when it comes to the NIL. It's what schools have been wanting because you have different rules in different states that uh, adhere to some of that, but... Uh, it, it's not anything that's like, oh, they're going to get shut down. It's more about, uh, you know, the way that they've approached it because of this guidance kind of saying, hey, if you're going to do this, you, you, you don't need to do it this way because uh, this could get, cause some trouble for you. You need to go about it this other way. So it's not going to change anything. It's just more of, you know, that uh, something that I know concerns were brought up about A&M and how they were handling the NIL uh, just having to make sure that their bases are covered. So uh, <laughs> you don't want to get Uncle Sam knocking on your door. Because when that happens, then a lot of stuff becomes public and people start seeing things and it could be pretty nasty for them. So uh, that's really what it's about. But it uh, just makes me wonder if uh, more schools like this in certain states will be getting these memos or the guidances from the IRS. doesn't seem like A&M would be singled out. It, it, uh, any school that has a collective... They probably will uh, address that oh, in yeah. some kind of way. Yeah, and we'll talk with Billy Lucci of Texags here in about half an hour as we'll get his thoughts and opinions on uh, not only that Manziel documentary, but also uh, what that means for the uh, 12th man. I still hate saying the 12th man, but yeah, that's what it is. But, you know, Razorback Fall Camp is still going on, and one of the positions of note that's been interesting, of course, a few of them, but wide receiver. Because last year you had some guys that came in out of the transfer portal, like a Matt Landers, like a Jaden Hazelwood, that were coming from big schools, or at least had been in big schools, had big numbers, and you could kind of know a little bit more about him. Even the year before that, you had Traylon Burks, which we all know how incredible he was. But this is the first year, really, since Sam Pittman has taken over, where you don't have, like, one guy uh, that you just look towards, or you have a, a great body of work for the transfers at major college football. Like, you got guys that have transferred who could end up being great and could end up being awesome, uh, but you just don't have those names. And you also, on top of that, have some guys that return from last season trying to get better. But Kenny Guyton is the head, as the wide receiver coach, and he met with the media yesterday and had this to say about the uh, not only some of the transfers, but specifically about Andrew Armstrong, which we'll also hear from him, uh, the big player out of Texas A&M Commerce who has really been turning heads so far this, far this fall camp. I tell Andrew all the time, he's just savvy, man. He's savvy. He knows how to get open, knows how to create space, um, knows how to create separation, knows zone coverages, where the hole's going to be. And um, he's just sneaky fast, honestly. He's a long strider guy, so at times he knows how to be deceptive to where he sets up his speed. And, and uh, to be honest with you, Coach Guyton probably didn't know if he was going to run 22. So seeing that, it was like awesome. Like, okay, this dude can run. So he's, he's done some special things. I'm looking forward to the year that he'll have. So very, very, very excited about that, that guy. So two things. One, referring to him himself in third person is awesome. And two, when he says 22, that's the 22 miles an hour thing. Yep. That, some we talked discussed. quite a bit about yesterday. Yeah. But uh, he, he likes where he's at, and obviously he's not the only one because Tyrone Broden is the other player that's a six foot seven guy out of Bowling Green and hasn't really gotten a whole lot of talk just yet. But between him and also the wide receiver Wilson, uh, they've been making tremendous strides too. Two guys that I'm proud of is Broden and Wilson, both alone. You know, two guys that, you know, unfortunately missed a bunch of spring. Um, obviously, Broden wasn't here before that spring, so we didn't really know exactly who he was. And uh, to see who he is right now has been really, really awesome, you know. Um, we always talk about it. He's a 6'7 guy who moves like he's 6'2", you know, and um, it's, it's, it's really good to see his competitive nature come out. Um, a guy that, you know, has been through a lot just in his time being with us, and you can tell he wears that on his sleeve and uses, that, uses it as motivation, and it's showing right now. So it is kind of interesting when you think about the guys that have come in. They got the size, obviously. You got six seven, six five, six four. You hear about the speed that these guys have too, 
and it's just a matter of making sure that they have the hands and that they can run routes. But it's it makes it really tough to start thinking. Okay, is there reason to be concerned about the wide receiver? I mean, is there reasons to be concerned about these guys? And maybe it will be a drop off from last season, or you have to just go along with what the coach is saying when they feel like these guys are fitting right in. There's not going to be any problems. These guys are veteran dudes, experienced guys. Maybe not in the SEC, but uh, been around a long time and. Uh, like they'll be just pick up right where they left off last year. It's kind of hard to know what level of concern you should have for this position. The the uh, unit itself has turned as far as some of the players that were there and it turned the year before. So it, they're almost in the same situation that they were last year where outside of the team, it's an unknown. We don't know what these guys can do, but you expect that they're going to be coached well and – they are going to perform to a certain level, but we just don't know. And then the connection with KJ. KJ has to reestablish a connection with a whole gr- new group of receivers for the most part, just like he did last year. And so it's a process that continues on with KJ where he's trying to get better as a quarterback and refine some of his skills passing, but also get used to connections with a different group of players. Now, it's helpful that regardless of anything else in their game, you got size and speed. That's at least worth something because that is important at the wide receiver position. And one guy that may not have the size but definitely has the speed, Isaiah Centania, who was a freshman last year. Got to see a little bit of him here and there. He's from Fayetteville High School. He's a a burner, you know, a real speedster guy and definitely has been known for that because he was great in track in high school. And he was asked about how track can help him translate into football into becoming a better football player, and I feel like what he has to say is something a lot of players should hear about and why having the track program involved with your football program is so beneficial. You know, I mean, I've always been a runner and stuff, and uh, football, it translates to track really, really well, and, you know, I just try and use track as much as I can whenever I'm in my receiver stance, just pushing out like I'm in blocks and stuff, and, you know, just have big, long strides whenever I'm in open field, and then you know, kind of chop it down a little bit whenever it's a little bit closer. But um, in the 100, my freshman year, I ran 10-8, and that was my fastest time. So I I never thought about it that way other than just, you know, you think about speed. Oh, well, yeah, track guys have to be fast. That's what they do. But putting in the perspective of, hey, if you're at the wide receiver position, thinking like you're on the blocks on a track meet and getting off the line that way. Or when you're out in open field, having those long strides to, to make the most out of it. Uh, I know that Arkansas had a lot of connections with track players uh, or guys that played that went to track and, and got help there, but that's something I wish a lot more players would do and be able to utilize because it seems like there's no like bad thing that could happen if you're doing track as a wide receiver especially. Oh, absolutely, and we're always talking about speed, so speed is going to help you at every position on the field, and um, it, it seems like a lot of times, especially for skill position players, they're not necessarily worried about that part of it when they're in college, so it is good to put a focus on it now. They're more worried about it when they're trying to make that jump to the next level and they're trying to increase their speed or take some you know, some time off their current times. That's when it seems like they're more in that mindset of thinking about it and, and trying to improve on it. So it's great that at this level there is a focus on it and they're continuing to try to get better. Because I would love to see Arkansas have that type of fifth-gear guy. I mean, Traylon Burks was just the best all around, so he he may have been more the exception to the rule. But as far as the wide receiver position goes, Arkansas has not had many of those the past 10 years. I know Dominic Reed was a guy that was really fast. but Matt Landers last year. Yeah, Landers had that too. Landers had an element to that. Uh, But as far as just being like the slot guy, you know, where you can just throw the ball to him and he'd get going, you know, like a a Joe Adams, a Jarius Wright player, one's always come to mind. Uh, that'd be great if Isaiah Satania could, could be that player. But we'll have more to talk about, though, because we got some people that are texting in on our Southern Structural Solutions text line about the wide receivers. We'll have your Razor Hog update presented by True Service 2. It's all coming up next here on Out of Balance. Hey, folks, it's Joey and Ryan here. What's up? It's summertime. Hey, we got some great Jeep incentives going on right now. 2.9% financing, rebates, discounts on Jeep Grand Cherokee on select models. We've got... 1.9 incentivized rate plus $4,000 rebate. So for all you new Ram Dodge Chrysler Jeep, make that beautiful drive to Heber Springs during the Make This the Summer event. Or check us out on the web at redriverdodge.com or Red River. We deliver. God bless you. 
Come check out the latest in large-scale logging equipment, attachments, supplies, tech, and services at the Southwest Forest Products Expo, August 11th and 12th at the Hot Springs Convention Center. Watch the Timberworks Lumberjacks competition, see chainsaw sculptures by artistry and wood, and visit the online video arcade. Fun for the whole family. Visit www.arkloggers.com for schedule, info, training workshops, and links to our online ticket hub. Adults over 16 are $5 to enter. Kids under 16 are free. See you in Hot Springs at the Southwest Forest Products Expo. Listen each week for your chance to play Factor Crap on Morning Mayhem. It's presented by Stack Commercial Truck and Trailer Repair in Whitehall. Stack Commercial Truck and Trailer Repair provides on-site and roadside service and repair for all commercial vehicles. This is David Dunn with Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. Do you own or operate Max, Volvos, Freightliners, Kenworths, Peterbilts, or international trucks? We can offer you the same dealership level computer diagnostics with highly trained and professional mechanics without dealership wait times and cost. Whether you're a municipality, fleet, or small business with one truck, come see why our customers have made us the highest rated independent repair shop in Arkansas. Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer, take exit 7 on I-440 or call 568-2185. Rogers got for Family Markets. Are you looking for a grocery store that feels like home? Then look no further than Family Markets. With stores located in Pangburn, Malvern, and Shannon Hills, you can think of them as neighborhood staples, where the butchers still cut and pack their own meat, where the produce is always fresh, and customer service is a top priority. And with over 100 years of experience and knowledge in the grocery business, the management team at Family Markets is dedicated to bringing you the best shopping experience possible. So why not stop by and check them out today? Family Markets, the way grocery shopping should be. Hey folks, Trey Johnson here with HJ Trailer Sales in Hot Springs. And I want to thank all our customers for making HJ Trailer Sales the number one trailer and truck bed dealer in the state of Arkansas. With fall almost here and everyone heading to the woods, I want to let you know that we're here to keep your trailers on the road with a great repair shop. So come see us at HJ Trailer Sales where we make you the priority and where you will also find that we keep our word. We're family owned and operated. Check us out at hjtrailersales.com or on Facebook. Holy guatney, Batman! Scott Rollmine is now on The Buzz Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Yes, Robin, I wonder if we can discuss the Batmobile. Guatney Unplugged, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Same bat time, same bat channel. The Mega Millions jackpot from the Arkansas Scholarship Lottery is now more than $1 billion. So, what would you do if you won? I'll be buying three boats. One for fishing on the lakes, one for fishing on the rivers, and one to take the family out. I would buy us the best seats for every show on Broadway. Got your ticket? If not, visit your local lottery retailer for your chance to win the Mega Millions jackpot of more than $1 billion. This is winning. Call 1-800-522-4700 for Problem Gambling Helpline. Arkansas State Parks are your passport to explore everything the natural state has to offer, from our storied past to our scenic beauty. With unexpected escapes like Jacksonport State Park, you can get a unique look at our state's history. Each one of our 52 state parks offers something just a little bit different. So pick up your passport at any State Park Visitor Center. Plan your trip at ArkansasStateParks.com. Brought to you by this station and the Arkansas Broadcasters Association. Get only the best customer service and the best selection of meats at Hogs Meat Market, where they have sliced boar's head deli meats and cheeses. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Y'all better put him in the Heisman. You better put him up there. I'm tired of him being number three, wood. number four. We got that wood right here, baby. Somebody better look at right the best football player in the country, and his name's not being mentioned. Lou Holtz, Mark May. Number five, you better look at him a little closer. He's a football player. On 1037 The Buzz. Update presented by True Service here in just a second. But uh, we were talking about the Razorback wide receivers and uh, some of the audio that we got to hear from a few of the players with Andrew Armstrong. We'll play his in just a bit, but Isaiah Satania as well as Kenny Guyton. 
And uh, a few people are texting in on our Southern Structural Solutions text line. Uh, it comes from Tyler and Cavie. says, Coach Guyton sounds like a class act. How long has he been on the Razorback staff? Well, if I'm not mistaken, I'll double-check, but he's been on the staff since t- the second season of Sam Pittman. So 2021 was when he arrived. And he's got a, a lot of good connections to uh, different er- recruiting areas specifically. But as far as uh, you know, where he's come from, he played at Ohio State. In fact, he was the wide receiver in Ohio State just 10 years ago. Uh, he was a senior at Ohio State. So he's a younger guy, but... Uh, he was uh, in 2022. Okay, so there you go. So it was the third year. Is in 2022 is when he was able to so last get it going. Yeah. So last season was his one, and then he was the because his big get that makes sense was Jaden uh, Hazelwood when he came in. That was one of the first guys he was able to bring in. And of course, Matt Landers was huge too. So uh, he's uh, he's big on it. Well, and this is another thing that's crazy. He Kenny Guyton was actually an Ohio State quarterback, so he wasn't even a wide receiver. He's a quarterback. He spent the 2020 season at Colorado State. As part of uh, head coach Steve Adazio's staff there, and they only played a few games, but then he was uh, given the opportunity to come over to the Razorbacks after their out bowl victory, out bowl, outback bowl victory there. So there you have it as far as how long he's been on staff. That's not out of the ordinary either. That's uh, something that happens quite a bit where quarterbacks they will coach receivers even before moving to become a quarterbacks coach or an offensive coordinator. It's happened quite a bit. Yeah, in fact, uh, even guys that like uh, Dan Enos, uh, Dan Enos, who's the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for Arkansas now, he was the wide receivers coach at previous places before. Um, and he got opportunities to be, in fact, I think at Maryland, he was even, he started as the wide receiver coach and then became the quarterbacks coach. I'd have to double check that. But uh, yeah, you're right, though. As far as the connections there, you see a lot of quarterback coaches do wide receivers, do both of them and still have find some success to go along with it. But for some now, reason, I thought... Now, the other way around, you don't find that necessarily where somebody who played receiver and they're in that receiver mindset that they're going to coach quarterbacks. True, You don't yeah. see that. Yeah. But someone who was in a quarterback position, played quarterback, and we know that quarterbacks, they have to know all the positions on the field pretty much. And so uh, it's an easy transition from somebody who played quarterback. Yeah, because if you look at some of the quarterback coaches... Uh, most of them, if not all of them, were quarterbacks at some level or in some capacity. But then there are some that weren't. Like, you know, I think, think back to, uh, what was it, John Chaney that was here. Well, not John Chaney, Jim Chaney. Jim Chaney, that was the OC. He, was like, he, he, wasn't, uh, he wasn't a quarterback per se, but uh, he coached quarterbacks. Um, and, you know, you could debate whether or not he had success with them or not. <laughs> but he, he at least coached them. He at least uh, was one of those guys. It's Coach Pittman's guy, too. That's right. One of his good friends. That's right. I wonder what Cheney's up to these days. Hopefully he doesn't come back here. Uh, also, though, from the Southern Structural Solutions text line, uh, we had this from the 870. It says, what do you guys know about Isaac Tesla at wide receiver? Well, we know he's a uh, transfer from Michigan, and he's 6'4", and He's a senior, and uh, he was actually the Great Midwest American Conference Offensive Player of the Year, where he had 68 catches for 1,300 yards and 13 touchdowns. But as far as his numbers and everything go, he was a guy that had a lot of offers, and a lot of teams were recruiting him out of the portal. Arkansas was able to nab him, and from my understanding, he's more of a uh, possession guy. Like He's one of those guys, if you just throw it in his vicinity, he's going to catch it. He's got great hands, great route running. Uh, and a good size guy too, being six four two sixteen. So he seems to have a good sense of getting open. He yeah. knows how to get open, and uh, that goes along with running some of those routes. And he he knows the game from the mental standpoint, where um, you know he's he's going to have that type of effect on the offense just because he'll be dependable. Yeah, because that's something that's maybe undervalued at times with wide receivers. There's been a few of them, you could even say, with, with Arkansas that you always heard about being great route runners. Like, Jarius Wright was one of those guys that, I mean, he had speed and everything, but he was only 5'11", so it wasn't like he was able to get open because of his, or go get it because of his size or anything, but his ability to get open was because of how great he was at route running and knowing where to go and how to go and how to get open. And that's maybe something that doesn't get talked about enough is, you can have speed, you can have size, you can have to go up and get it, but finding ways to get open is a trait that is very useful, especially when you get to the NFL, where you're going to be facing guys against you on the, at the cornerback spot or whatever that just as fast as you, sometimes just as big as you, 
and just as physical as you, but you just still got to find ways to try to get open. Yeah, and the receivers, they, they have the advantage there because they know where they're going. Now, sometimes DBs will pick up on certain tendencies. If they see you doing something over and over again or they're watching film on it, and they can pick up on that. But you, as a receiver, you have to remember you're running forward and you know where you're going. The D, DB is running backwards and they're trying to react to what you're doing. So the receivers are always going to have the advantage. That's why playing defensive back or even cornerback especially is one of the most difficult things to do in football because you're just reacting. Yeah, I mean, that's what you're having to do. Just sit there where the guy that you lined up, you're in the same spot, but you have no idea what they're going to end up doing. They could block you. They could go for a screen pass. They could go right by you. Go, that's, you're just having to be quick on your reactions to be really effective, and that's not, that's not so easy. All right, let's go ahead and jump into your Razor Aug update presented by True Service. Guys, I've got just one thing I want to say to you. Touchdown, Arkansas! Arkansas wins the national championship! The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season! On by 90! This is your Razor Hog Update on Out of Bounds, presented by True Service Community Federal Credit Union, where they offer new mortgage loans, refinancing, auto loans, and small business loans. Online at trueservice.net. All right, so for your Razor Hog updates, we've already heard from Kenny Guyton as well as Isaiah Satania, but how about Andrew Armstrong, a player we were discussing about if it's hit him that he's playing for a Power 5 team yet or not. It's hit me, but at the end of the day, I just I just, stay, I just take it as like, you know, football is football. It's people in lower levels football that's, that's very, very good. It's people that high high level football that's very, very good. So I don't I don't look at it as like, okay, I'm going against, you know, the best of the best. It's, it's, some be- it's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of great players all around the country in every single division. So I just come in here and I'm just, you know, ready to play football and ready to see the fans. Also, Andrew Armstrong was discussing him becoming a leader, especially since he's the new guy in the wide receiver room. When I came in, I didn't want—I didn't want to be like—I didn't want him to put me in just a starter role. You know, I didn't—I wanted—I wanted to work. I wanted to start from the bottom, like to to show to show like what I can actually do. And um, I, I feel like I've been doing a great job, and not only me, the young guys too—they've uh, been doing a great great job. You know, Sam and Bakke, Jadon, Isaiah. You know. Even all the new guys, Davion, Davion has been doing really good. Like, so I just, I just, I just look at all of them, and I use them as motivation. I feel like they use me as motivation with my knowing I've been in college for so long, what I did last year, and bringing my experience here. I feel like it's going to be be very good year. It's going to be a good year, hopefully for the Razorbacks. This we're 24 days away. They're off of fall camp today, but we'll have some more audio to play from you for you from the Razorback football team, especially getting into what Kenny Guyton had to say about both Andrew Armstrong and the wide receivers going up against the DBs that Arkansas has. It's a great clip, so we'll get to that and more. But we got Billy Lucci of TexAgs.com joining us. Talk about that Johnny Manziel documentary next on Out of Bounds. Every day, we do one thing, and we do it at the highest level. We formed Arkansas Urology more than 25 years ago. And ever since, our world-class team has gained experience and expertise in every aspect of urology. Today, you'll find our state-of-the-art facilities across Arkansas, where the latest technologies are used in innovative ways by skilled specialists who are dedicated to one thing, improving lives every day. Schedule your appointment at ArkansasUrology.com. 